0: Hello and welcome to Kiss the Wild. I am your host, Kristen Wright. I am a holistic sex guide, a self-empowerment life coach, and here we are gonna have some conversations to disrupt the status quo so that you can feel more like yourself and less like the version of you that you've been told you should be. Oh yeah, this is where we say goodbye to the good girl. This is where we stop acting, where we drop the masks, we stop playing small, and we let go of the expectations so we can live fully, unapologetically, and unbashedly ourselves. Our whole selves. Okay, together let's look at all the places we've been told not to go. Let's navigate shame, insecurity. Let's call out injustice, inequity. Let's unpack cultural conditioning and societal scripts. Let's finally love our bodies and let's have amazing sex and let's use pleasure to fuel our days. Are you ready? Then come on over to the wild side. Let's get started. All right. Hello and welcome to the show. So if you listened to the last episode, you would have heard me promise that the next show was going to be me and my partner Robbie doing some sharing. And we just haven't been able to make the time for that. So in the meantime, I've got some shit I wanna say. So I'm gonna say it and hopefully we'll get that episode to you soon. Today, I wanted to share about how, why I became, you know, a sex love relationship coach because it's actually a common question I get when I share about the work I do. Usually the first question is, how did you get into that? So it feels like a really relevant conversation to share with you today and my invitation is to grab a cup of tea, grab a blanket, get cozy, come sit by the fire. I really want to put out some storytelling vibes today. So get yourself ready for an epic adventure from despair and heartbreak to love and fulfillment. Okay, let's take it all the way back to the beginning for a moment. I am from Fort St. John, British Columbia. It's in Northern BC. I have a mom and a dad, but they were never really in a relationship. They were in like a teenage relationship. So they were young when they had me and... I don't know, like there's not really much attention that I want to give to that other than when I was about 12 or 10, I think my dad moved to Australia and this is relevant because I grew up in Fort St. John, pretty normal childhood. I went to college in Calgary, Alberta to become a massage therapist. I was a massage therapist for a time and then I went to Australia to live with my dad when I was 20. And while I was there, I met a person. (laughs) I got into a relationship. So I formed a relationship with an Australian fella who decided to come back to Canada with me. And we were together for about six years. And there was a lot of good things about our relationship. We did, you know, a lot of fun things together. We had quite a few, you know, things in common that we enjoyed but we also had a lot of things like not in common and we had a lot of there was a lot of toxicity in our relationship a lot of really toxic arguing um, and just yeah a lot of really toxic behavior but of course when you're in it it's really hard to see the forest for the trees so I was committed to the relationship I stayed in it even though you know there was a lot of unfulfillment. For example, I remember, you know, just every evening taking my dog for a walk alone while my partner watched TV and just feeling like, wow, I really wish that I had somebody that I could enjoy these beautiful evening walks, you know, together with. Um, So simple things like that. Anyways, here's a pivotal moment that I really wanted to share. So I had bought a home with this person and... I had was feeling like really let down um, because I felt like he really didn't have a lot of interest in helping with the household chores so I had really felt like there was an equity in the division of labor in our household so I was out in the yard raking leaves I feel like between massage clients I had a massage business that I was operating from my home and As I was raking the leaves, I was looking down the street at the elementary school that was really just like a couple houses down, and I was sort of imagining, you know, sending my future kids off to this school. So, you know, imagining like future kids from this future marriage um, off to school, and this overwhelming feeling sort of took over that was just like is this all that there is you know like is this really fucking it you know and i had done all the things up to that point you know i had gotten good grades in school i did the thing and went to college i got a college diploma i traveled i had got a good job i had a car you know i managed my weight i looked a certain way i made sure i looked good all the time i dyed my hair i you know did all the other things to make myself look conventionally beautiful, Um, I had found someone to love, I bought a house, but yet I was feeling really unfulfilled in that moment. And, you know, you'd think that that moment would have been enough to kick me in the arse. But it wasn't. (laughs) I prevailed. (laughs) But the universe decided to hit me over the head with a lead brick because that same year, just after Christmas, I ended up finding some emails that my partner had been writing to another woman. And it was really painful to see the ways he was planning to meet up with this person, the way he was sharing his feelings for this person, while also, you know, making plans to marry me that same fall, you know, we, he had looked at engagement rings and we had talked a lot about marriage and our future. But here he was, like, actively seeking out another relationship on the side. So I just felt like my world imploded in that moment. Um, Our relationship, I confronted him, and our relationship imploded. He moved out, um, and I was just left feeling like a discarded piece of trash, basically. Uh, And also, you know, I was left with these feelings of rage for, you know, all the things that I had done right. Right. You know all of the things that I had done to make me attractive desirable like worthy of love and affection and yet you know I wasn't good enough and I also had been really unhappy and unfulfilled sexually and I had tried on multiple occasions to you know improve our situation in the bedroom you know I was desiring more I had asked for more or tried to have a conversation about that and I was met with a lot of gaslighting and so it also felt really confusing then for my partner to go and be looking for something outside of our relationship and um, that was really hard that was really hard for my self-worth and my feelings of con- like feeling I felt really insecure basically so you know I wondered I remember just feeling so much despair wondering if I would ever meet somebody who had all the things in common because of course I had tunnel vision at that point you know like I was holding on to all the good parts of the relationship versus like you know the like I said the, seeing the forest for the trees I couldn't quite see that yet at that point you know my anxiety was at an all-time high and I couldn't eat You know, I looked at enrolling myself in this like expensive program to help with, I think, programming and self-worth. But anyways, it was a time, you know, it was like a real time in my life. But let's flash forward. And there's this other pivotal moment that is burnt into my brain. So I remember, you know, being in this murky place. But having this like epiphany, I, was, I, I just actually fully remember sitting on the couch, I remember the color of the paint on the wall, I'm looking at a blank wall in our living room. And I'm thinking to myself like, that really needed to happen. You know, I really needed that to happen for me to leave the relationship. You know, that shit was in fact toxic and that the universe had done me a huge favor by like handing me this misfortune. You know, at the time it felt like misfortune, but I was realizing like, this was an actual huge fucking gift. So I was also able to see all the ways I had shown up in that relationship that led to its downfall. So I was also able to take some accountability for the role that I played. It wasn't all on him. I had also shown up as not my best self Um, You know, I'd shown up from this old programming, like I was letting the old programming unconsciously run the show. And so, you know, ultimately, we just weren't a great match. In fact, in many ways, you know, we were both unconsciously like playing out these inner child dramas and familial patterning. It was just really super unhealthy. Uh, Who's to say, like, I don't know, maybe who I am now, this older version of myself could have navigated it a lot better. But I think, you know, obviously it also takes two people showing up in radical responsibility. And we're just we just weren't those two people then. And I'm really grateful that things imploded because my life is so much better now. (laughs) Anyways, I moved on. And life got really fun for a while. You know, suddenly I was able to live life on my terms, do the things I wanted, be who I wanted. You know, I remember when I was in that previous relationship, I had shared with my partner that I wanted to get a longboard skateboard and he just made fun of me and was like, why would you do that? Like, you're just going to break your wrist. Such a stupid, stupid idea kind of thing so i got a longboard skateboard you know i did the things that i felt held back from i walked my dog in the evenings and didn't feel sad about it because there was no one else to walk with me (laughs) it was really liberating i quit my job as a massage therapist and i started working as a welder's helper to earn money to go traveling because that was something i'd always wanted to do I flirted, I had a lot of fun, I had some sex too. You know, I met new people, new friends, and um, yeah, it was just like, it was a really expanded state of being. Did I mention that that relationship that I was in was six years? So, you know, it was a long six years and then suddenly it was like, whoo! The, you know, the lid blew off. So it was all really great, but it was also really superficial. So for a while, I couldn't do things like yoga because I couldn't stand to slow down and be present with what was real inside of me. And a lot of the behavior I was engaging in at that time was invested in keeping me from really feeling that void of unworthiness. You know, I still hadn't healed that from the breakup. And in many ways, I was chasing a high, you know, to really hide the fact that there was still this like, deep cavernous void inside of me it's like I was filling it with all of these experiences like filling it with alcohol and laughter and new friends and travel and new adventures and pleasure and ecstasy so yes I did some traveling I went to Central and South America and towards the end of my travels I started to you know slow down a bit on this behavior that was really keeping me from feeling what was real inside of me and touching on these wounded places. Uh, I went into the jungle in Peru, so I stayed a week in this little eco village with a shaman. 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 I don't say shaman. I don't know why that came out like that. Anyways, I did 3 ayahuasca ceremonies in that time frame, and that was really the beginning of my healing journey. So, There was some really beautiful things that I learned in those ceremonies that came through that really supported me. You know, I remember I think one of my intentions in going into ceremony was around how can I start really loving myself. And I I got some really beautiful practices that I love to share in my Um, you know, to people in my community. So if you ever join one of my programs or want to work with me one-on-one, chances are you will get a taste of what those practices are, but it's just a bit too much to share right here. So yes, that was the beginning of really beginning to face the pit of unworthiness. And I mean, like I shared a little bit earlier in the intro here, let's get real. You know, it isn't a linear journey. I'm still facing the pit of unworthiness. It just shows up in different ways now. So anyways, fast forward, I'm back in Canada. This is like a time span of a couple years. I've got myself a desk job. Plus, I'm also massaging again part time. You know, I'm starting to get established roots again. I'm done fooling around and I'm ready to enter into a more serious and committed relationship. So I'm starting to date around a bit. And wow, like, you know, what a mind fuck that is if you've ever been in the dating world. So basically, I am like Bambi. I am a baby deer with my fresh new little baby deer self-love legs. And I go on the ice and bam, the ice is Tinder. And I find myself getting sucked back into trying to prove my worth, you know? The minute I feel someone pull back, I'm in there saying like, look at me, look at me. How can you not choose me? I'm amazing. Look at me. Hello, look at me. It's not great. And here's something that I think is really, you know, here's some wisdom that I think is really relevant to the dating game that is something i learned along the way i've heard other women feel you know shameful or look back on their past sexual conquests with shame or guilt or feeling you know insecure about maybe that they slept with too many people or behaved like a slut which is you know eek nope let's just nope Um, and let me say this there are times when having multiple lovers would have served your journey and maybe still does There is no need to make your sexual history mean anything about who you are as a person. That is in fact old conditioning and programming and it's not useful or helpful. But there are ways, you know, to ensure you are staying true to your desires when it comes to sexual exploration. So if you are in this phase of your life where you're in sexual exploration, you can just check in with yourself. Do you feel in control or are you chasing a feeling? are you you know using intimacy to fill a void or to numb out are you using sex to manipulate a situation or somebody else and then are you a fuck yes to sex or a no or a maybe if you're a maybe then you're probably a no So if you're looking back on your past, wondering if I could have done it differently or, you know, feeling shameful about it, I would just encourage you to really own it and to mine the gems from that experience. If there are any, I'm not talking about a past that includes, you know, any kind of abuse or rape or trauma. I'm talking about a past that is relatively air quote normal, but if you're in it right now, just check in with yourself, right? Because I was using, well, for me, my past really served me for a while. It was just like a part of my journey and I'm really grateful for that. But then I got to a point where I was beginning to use like sex and physical intimacy to be like, hey, I'm great. Choose me, you know? And that feels pretty icky to admit, but you know, damn it, it's the truth. And also like there's a lot of learning in that for me because I'm able to share it really openly and honestly with other people. And I know that I am not the only one who has had that experience. So um, this is where there is like another pivotal moment for me in my life. So I just decided one day that I'm fucking worth it. <laughs> I was sort of seeing this person and things were going okay. You know like okay in the moments that we hung out but also not okay because he was doing a lot of ghosting and i was spending a lot of energy trying to prove my worth so he'd feed my ego by giving me little crumbs of his time here and there and then like i honestly can't remember what shifted other than maybe the universe hit me on the head again i just remember i'd been waiting for you know the next crumb the next moment We could hang out and he had finally messaged to offer that crumb and i just something inside of me snapped and i said no (laughs) no i said i've been super clear about you know what i am interested in or what i'm here for and it's now super clear to me that you don't want the same thing and i'm not here for this you know so please never contact me again and that felt really bold and super scary, but it was also a hallelujah moment. You know, like, honestly, I feel like the angels were singing in the background and probably the heavens opened up and they were shooting laser beams. You know, there was like that, those rays of sunshine just like pouring down on me. It was really powerful. <laughs> so literally days later, this handsome guy that I only knew professionally at that point Asked me out on a snowshoe date. It's very Canadian of us, I know. And of course, well, maybe not of course, but I said yes. You know, I had no idea at this point if this was like a romantic date or if he was interested in me because it really came out of left field. But I was always up for a snowshoe friend. So I said yes. And one week from that day, like one week from the day, sorry, that I told this other person no. I was on this snowshoe date with a man that just really lit me up in so many ways. And it's funny because I'm thinking about it now and it's almost like a full circle moment from my big breakup where I was wondering how I would ever or when or how I could possibly ever meet another person who I had so much in common with. Because I remember on this date that we just chatted and chatted nonstop and were so aligned with some really deep values and beliefs. Plus we were obviously both into the great outdoors, into snowshoeing um, and it was just, there was just another pivotal moment on that date where we had crested this snowy mound and we were overlooking this beautiful, you know, picturesque imagery of the valley that we were in and the river and it was one of those winter like just stunning winter days where the sun is sparkling off the snow and the snow is like shining like little gems and everything was just really bright and beautiful. And this guy I was with just turned to me and said, would you like a cookie or a muffin? I baked this morning. I shit you not. That is what he said to me. So that is the pivotal moment. You know, I literally just was looking at this human who baked goods and thinking I'm gonna marry this person you know tell me more about your baked goods and the next weekend he confessed his love for me in a super romantic sort of heart-throbbing Hollywood movie style in the kitchen with a seductive kiss at the end to seal the deal and you know we've been really making the magic happen ever since so here's the thing maybe two things actually. I took two things away from that experience. Firstly, when you know, like you really do know. So all those times that I was dating and I was questioning, um, looking back, they were really an indication that it wasn't working. Because when I met my person, Robbie, I was left with no questions. You know, I was not left wondering where he stood. He wasn't ghosting or playing games and neither was I. And it could be because we're more mature at that phase in our life, but I actually don't think so. I think when you find somebody that you're genuinely interested, unless you are operating out of old programming, but still, I think if you're genuinely interested, you fucking show up. You show up for that person. You don't play the games. And I really think, you know, playing games is a red flag. And I think ultimately, you know, in the beginning, but we're really good at bypassing our feelings. So even in the beginning of that six year relationship that ended in shambles, I knew I had a lot of questions, but I bypassed my own intuition um, and I just stayed in it. And it was really hard. And this is not to say that relationships don't take work, but I do think you can start out with a more solid foundation when you truly, you know, pay attention to what you're feeling when you are with somebody else and you really build like your own foundations within yourself to be able to walk away when you know the shit piles up (laughs) and what I mean by that is when you find yourself faced with a lack of congruency in terms of beliefs or values when there are red flags when people are ghosting when you know they're not showing up for you in the ways that you desire instead of sticking it out and ending up in something that you know goes on for 6 years and then implodes we can walk away and we can make ourselves available for something that is more aligned and i know that that's not easy but i'm just saying and that is definitely the like second thing that i took away from that experience of meeting Robbie was that you know i would walk through that fire again if You know it was worth it to have that great love on the other side so easier to say that on the other side i fully get it but i realized that you know i would go through that fear of saying no or walking away or that feeling of insecurity in myself or that insecurity of the the not knowing would i meet anyone else um i you know i would say no a thousand times to people and relationships that weren't serving me and not waste my time in them if it meant that what was waiting for me on the other side was this like beautiful thing that I could never have even imagined that was so aligned and so lit up and so That is something that I really am passionate about offering to others. And of course, I get that this is all nuanced. You know, sometimes we have our own karmas and our own destinies and who God knows what else that requires us to be in things that don't light us up in order to have our own awareness and our own learning and arrive at our own destinations. But saying that, I still think that we can be smarter And build foundations within ourselves that, you know, foundations like worthiness and lovability that get us closer to, you know, being in a love that is just amazing. Okay, I think you feel me. Let's get back to the story. So here I am. This was big for me. I am in an amazing relationship with an amazing man. I'm being seen and met at like a soul core level. I'm just feeling super blissed out and in love and like I have the answers to the dating world, you know? I have the answers to finding romantic love because I've finally found and cultivated this for myself. It was big, big for me. And also in that time frame, I had purchased my first jade egg and was learning from a teacher called Layla Martin. So in the background of all of this going on, I'm also having like a sexual awakening. Now, sex was always something that I enjoyed. So I was really surprised after, you know, connecting to my body with the jade egg to find out that there was actually so much more pleasure available to me in the bedroom and now my partner he's feeling pretty interested in what's going on like who is this sexual goddess that he's with and dating and so I'm kind of you know initiating him in a way and expanding his sexual experience because of the power and confidence that I am beginning to bring to the bedroom And it kind of felt like I turned into a little bit of a walking transmission. So I started to have experiences in my massage practice where people were sharing more with me, you know, about relationships and their love life and their sex life. And I'm offering advice, um, but more so just feeling really passionate about holding space for them to share. And the next thing you know, that same teacher, Layla Martin, was offering a sex, love, relationship coaching training. So I was like, yes, this, like this is the thing. This is literally the direction I see my life going. I will have, you know, something that I can use to help people, you know, help people to have the same experiences that I've had from feeling stuck, insecure, you know, like a good girl, to lit up, fulfilled sex goddess. So I wanted to say yes. I couldn't say yes in that moment, but it was merely months away that our life situation changed. We had decided to move to Bella Bella for Robbie's work, and um, it just opened up for me to be able to take that training and the rest is really history that is the story of how I became a sex love relationship coach and a little bit about you know why I'm so passionate doing this work and the embodied experience that I have had with it it's not that I have you know always been this person. I definitely have come from that very beginning of raking leaves in my yard and feeling so unfulfilled by life and wondering if there was more. Just, you know, having that moment of waking up and being like, how did I get here? You know, there's, this is it to living a life on my terms, you know, a life that feels really connected and aligned to my desire. Where instead of wondering, you know, how I got here, I'm just feeling like, It's a real blessing to be here. So, you know, I could say so much. And obviously in my training, I learned so many beautiful tools to support myself day to day to really create a magical and juicy and alive sort of state of being within myself, which obviously transfers into my life and bleeds into my relationships. And I think the biggest thing around sexuality work is this, um, well, I'll just say, I feel like when we think about working on our sexuality, we might just feel like it's about having better sex. And if that's the only thing we were to get out of, you know, the experience of working on our sexuality, then that's a win in my books. But... Because our sexuality is sort of the first place we've learned to disown, you know, this concept of lust and desire and pleasure and ecstasy and feeling safe to touch our bodies and, you know, like sex is sort of the original sin. And yet it's the most beautiful thing that two people can do with their bodies when we are in like a very deep sexual state of being when we can get there. It's like when we can taste God the most, like we can taste our divinity inside of ourselves and that is maybe a really far out there statement to make but I assure you when you begin to peel back the layers and the conditioning and the programming and the beliefs that we've all received about our bodies and our sexual natures and begin to touch our original authentic wholeness, there is like a divine nature to it and so how does your life not transform when you touch on that wholeness inside of yourself it truly can transform so many areas of your life Um, from in my experience it has transformed my relationship with food my relationship with you know my physical appearance my relationship with um, exercise, like all of these things that I really used in unhealthy ways to control my body because I felt like I wasn't good enough. I've made a lot of peace with my body and that has been hugely transformative and a big part of doing this work that I love to offer the world. So anyways, there you have it. That is the story of how I became a sex love relationship coach. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that this has been fun. I hope in some ways that it has inspired you or has offered you some hope. And of course, if you feel like the work I do could offer you some support on your journey, whether that be in the realm of self-love or sexuality, having better sex, or in relationships, then please don't hesitate to reach out. I have just opened my books and am taking on new clients for the fall of 2022. I'm just coming back from a, an extended sort of maternity leave. So I'm really excited to dive in and get doing this work that I love in the world. Okay, friends, that is all. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed the show, please leave me a five-star rating or review. Go ahead and hit subscribe and stay tuned for the next episode. I will see you there. In the meantime, stay wild, stay true to yourself, and take care.